Hi there and welcome back to Amplify, the personal brand entrepreneur podcast. I'm Bob Gentle and every Monday I'm joined by amazing people who share what makes their business work. If you're new, then take a second to subscribe through your player app. And while you're listening, join our Facebook community. Just visit amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders and you'll be taken right there. Hi there and welcome back to Amplify, the personal brand entrepreneur show. My name is Bob Gentle and every week I'm joined by incredible people who share what makes their business work. If you're new to the show, take a second right now to subscribe in your player. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and this is new, so pay attention guys, make sure you check the new follow option in the top right of the page for this show in your app. That way Apple will actually send you the new episodes, which for some reason they've stopped doing. So before I jump into introducing this week's guest, I have a new thing. After nearly 200 of these interviews, I've learned a thing or two and it turns out success leaves a trail and I want to offer you that map. So head over to amplifyme.agency forward slash roadmap and grab your copy of my brand new personal brand business blueprint. Everything you need to start, scale or just fix your expert business is yours for free as a gift from me. So let's get into it. This week, I'm speaking to Paul Ace. I've got so many questions that I want to ask Paul Ace, but Paul, for those who don't know you, why don't you just tell a little bit about who you are, where you are, and the kind of work you do? Yes, so I am from the UK in the heart of the Midlands in Derbyshire, and we help people with conversational commerce. More specifically, we work mainly with seven-figure high-ticket course creators. And we we help them go from drop in ROAS, you know, a lot of people are seeing right now their their uh, return on ad spend dropping off a cliff, and we help them generate an extra six to seven figures in new revenue uh, by using CCOM. So for anyone who doesn't know what conversational commerce is or CCOM, then it's all about creating an eighty percent human like experience and a twenty percent human experience. So what what that means is. Think about how you would normally have a conversation with someone, right? So a lot of the time when we send emails out or send texts out or whatever the platform is, we turn into this marketer rather than being just having a conversation with someone. So we go, well, how would you normally have that conversation? Okay, let's automate that first message or that first and second message in that sequence and then hand over to humans for that 20% human experience. So what that means is we build more engagement with everyone in the audience and at the same time we're getting feedback from the customer so we can change our messaging to make sure it's handling the objections and using their language patterns and then thirdly it increases sales because people buy from people that they know like and trust so when they're actually having conversations with people you tend to buy a lot more from those people and then we also take all the different data points and understand where do we need to move the needle the most by using conversational commerce. So people listening might not have heard about conversational commerce in the past, but they probably vaguely heard about chatbots. Mm. So essentially what you're talking about is an elegant, intelligent use of chatbots. Am I right? So it's, I'd say uh, the word bot essentially Mm. as well has a negative connotation. So we, we, we don't just focus on on bots per se and chatbots we we're focusing on multiple different channels so 
uh, SMS, email, messenger, personalized video messages, personalized email, voicemail drops. So we're like, how do we incorporate all these different communication platforms together to create this this best customer experience that guides people through to the sale? So we're, we're more about, okay, let's, and I'll be honest, when, when I first started doing this stuff, yeah, I, everything was a chatbot. Uh, and it was just like cool yeah they press some buttons and they get to the end and then hey presto they go and buy something or they don't buy something and that was it now we're like how do we create that hybrid between the two Mm. where we start off by going okay well how would i normally have that conversation so let let me give you an example to give you some clarity so for for example let's say someone goes to your page to go and buy a 37 dollar product something like that yeah. They, they get to the page, they get to the checkout, they they abandon the cart, right? They abandon the cart to check out. Instead of just going, sending an email saying, uh, hey, hey, Bob, you didn't complete your order. You can go and complete your order here, right? Which is 90% of abandoned cart emails. Uh, and it builds no connection, no rapport at all. What we'll do is we'll grab the phone number on that opt-in as well. And we'll, we'll send them a text saying, uh, for example, let's say it came from Amplify, and I'd be like, "Hey, hey, Bob, it's Paul. I just wanted to see if something went wrong or something broke. Uh, I noticed you started ordering but didn't finish. Can you just let me know, and I'll get it fixed ASAP." Mm. So then, what happens is then you feel a obligation from your side to respond to that message to say, "Oh no, nothing went wrong. I don't want you working on something that that isn't wrong." No, I just had a question about blank. Yeah. And, and then you can handle that objection there and then and, and guide people back to the sale and the problem is most people assume and uh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to cuss on here but uh, am I allowed to cuss? You do you. Yeah, yeah, you so, do you it's so uh, assume a lot of people say assume makes an ass out of you and me right so that's, that's- barely cussing i was expecting something much stronger <laughs> I, I i'm i'm english i try and keep it fairly clean so um as, as regards to that 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 means when people are guessing what your audience is saying then half the time you're going to miss the mark right it, it's basically going oh by the way i want you to shoot a gold in the center of a artery board but what i'm going to do first i'm going to give you the bow and arrow i'm going to put a blindfold on you. i'm going to spin you around and then, then you need to shoot that, that center of the target. Rather than doing that, why not just get the archery board, bring it right next to someone, take the blindfold off, and let them just place the arrow in the middle? Because they're telling you exactly what's wrong, and then you can give a customized solution to fix that thing. See, it's very easy to listen to that and think that you're talking about manipulation or tricking people. But actually... If you think it through, you want to give the visitor the experience, the best experience you possibly can, because it's great experiences and intimacy and relationships that ultimately lead to the like, know and trust that leads to sales. And if you're going to build relationships at scale, building in a degree of automation is the best way to do it because it allows you to get closer. If you can get closer, then that connection is what will lead to sales. So I really like what you're talking about and I can see how for your ideal customer and I mean you're talking about seven-figure entrepreneurs Mm. and it's very easy to think well that's not me Hmm. but people like John Lee Dumas or Pete Vargas were not 
always seven-figure entrepreneurs. It took some work to get there. Today's sort of average entrepreneur is tomorrow's seven-figure entrepreneur. So anybody listening who's thinking, you know what, I like the sound of that, but I, I don't even know wh- what tools to buy. I don't even know how to get started on this. If Bob Gentle wanted to take the first steps that will lead him on a journey that might get him to the point where he can hire a police, what should he be doing today to get him to that place? Yeah, so I was in this position, right? I, I didn't start doing conversational commerce for seven-figure businesses straight off the straight off the bat. I actually did it on my own business and, and learned this thing. So for, for example, I used to have a bridesmaid's dress business. Um, bit of a ra- random <laughs> bit, a bit of business for a guy to run, but uh, me and my wife, we ran this bridesmaid's dress business and we wanted to create a better customer experience than anyone else. So what I did is every time someone bought a fabric sample, right? bear in mind they're paying £1.99, so like $2.50, paying yeah. $2.50 for this fabric sample. Now, what experience are they getting from the other bridesmaid's dress shops? They pay for that, the sample goes out, they then the bridesmaid's dress shop hopes and prays that that person comes back i was like that's not going to work for me i want to make sure that those people become closer to us at that point so we'd sell the fabric sample and then straight away that would trigger a video message right so we use something called bonjoro really easy to set up if you've not used it before you can you can go on bonjoro and then what happens it sends a notification to your phone when someone takes a certain action in this case when they made a purchase and then uh, it'd say record the bonjoro so i'd just press one button on my phone and i i would have the phone there and i say hey i just wanted to say congrats on ordering your fabric samples i know it's such an exciting time when you're planning for your wedding now i'd love you to be part of our facebook community as well we've got over three thousand brides to be in there probably going through a lot of the similar things that you are right now having a lot of the similar questions so there's a button just below this video you can click that and join that link we'd love to have you part of the community if you've got any questions about your fabric samples at all just let us know they should be there with you in about a week uh have a fantastic day and i'll catch up with you soon i did that for every single person that we sent a sample out for i love it it's very manual but it's super quick and you can imagine how that positions you in the mind of the recipient you're in a very different place from anyone else that they might have talked to you're no longer sort of one of a bunch of open tabs Mm. and and what made that even stronger i did the same thing with the abandoned carts so we 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 use this there was this app and i don't know if it's still available on shopify or not but it's called scout Uh, and at the at the time what scout did which was really cool is when someone abandoned the car if they clicked a little button that said I want a discount through Messenger. Um, well, in, in fact, when it first started, Messenger was a wild west. So basically, they could go to the checkout, and as long as they'd gone through Facebook, then it had recognised their account anyway. So they would go to the abandoned cart, and then it would send me a notification on Messenger to say someone's just abandoned cart. So I'm on Facebook generally. I'm getting a message on Messenger saying someone's just abandoned the cart. Here's the phone number. Here's the name. Here's a script to say when you're on the phone. Give <laughs> them a call. And I would ring all these abandoned carts and, and go through the, this very conversational sales process where it wasn't like, hey, I noticed you're abandoning your cart. Why, why have you abandoned your cart? Are you going to go and buy? Right? We don't do things like that because that's not going to work. But I was like, how can I use this to build more report? So 
I get on the phone and say, hey, it's Paul from Dream Money Secrets. I just wanted to give you a quick ring. I, I noticed that you left the dresses in your car. I just wondered, did something go wrong? Um, I just wanted to see if you needed anything at all. Uh, and then they're like, oh, you know, same kind of what went wrong kind of thing. And then what they do, they tell you all about the wedding. And then sometimes I'll be on the phone with them for 10, 15 minutes just going, oh, have you thought about this for your wedding? Have you thought about this? And they're like, oh, I'm really struggling with who to invite for the wedding. Have you got any other struggles that I can help you with right now? And because I've been in the wedding industry for like four years anyway as a wedding singer, I knew all the things that they were coming up with. And they're like, oh, I don't know whether to invite my sister's boyfriend or not. Well, you know, do you know him well? And so we'd go through these conversations and then at the end, they'd be like, thank you so much. I say, listen, I, I really appreciate you spending the time with us today. So I'd like to do something special for you and, and give you a discount code. Now, because this is kind of out of my control, but it will only be valid for 24 hours. So can if I send you that now, can you just type in type in the URL? Yeah, type in that address. Great. Yeah, and then I'd walk them through the sale and say, mm. just check that code works. Great. Uh, so that abandoned cart would go from basically they were just going to go somewhere else, just window shopping to spending five six hundred uh, pounds with us. Now, what's really interesting listening to that is when we began talking, a lot of people would have been assuming as automation. This guy's just going to be talking about automation and scale. Mm actually it's the complete opposite and i'm sure there are elements of that when you're working with thousands of leads sure but what you're talking about is good old shopkeeping yeah it's it's, <laughs> it's really that it's bringing the old traditional skills into the 21st century using some really simple tools to allow you to just sell better it's, i really love it so how do you scale that up yeah that's a great question that's where i wanted to go with it as well bob so a, a lot of people say oh well that's not scalable well you, you go well look at your customer buyer journey so one of the first things we do when we go into any business is look at the customer journey we map out every single email sms voicemail every stage of the funnel we look at everything so then we can pinpoint the highest roi journey now once we've looked at that then we go right where can we add conversation in here that's scalable so for example let's say Let's say you're selling a high ticket course. Now, you may have a low ticket product. You're not going to send a personalized video message to everyone who abandons a cart when you're getting like 500 customers a day because that's just not scalable. You can't do it. However, what you can do is have a, a, a VA team that are handling the text messages, for example, for those what went wrong messages. And you could pay, you know, four or $500 or something like that a month. Um, which, if you're just getting started, may sound like a lot at a seven-figure business. It's very cheap to have customer service for four, five hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Uh, and then you could say uh, you give them all the FAQs. So every eventuality, basically over the course of a week, you pretty much see all the questions that are going to come up. And you go, great. If someone says this, say this. If someone says this, say this. Now, then it gets further down the buying journey as we get towards, for example, let's say someone submitted a retainer for. Uh, paid $500 retainer for the high ticket program for like a $5,000 or $10,000 program. Now at that, that point, if someone stopped in the pipeline there and got to the $500 product, sorry, it's got to the $500 retainer and then it's been four or five days and they haven't gone and paid the rest of it, something's gone wrong. There's either they haven't got the funding to pay the rest, they, they've changed their mind and gone, actually should have done this in the first place or they've just got some 
unlistened to question currently that they need help with. So we were like, well, at that point, how many people are in that space? Well, significantly less than 500 a day. So it might be, what, two, three, four a day that are at that stage on the $500 retainer but not paid the $10,000. So what if we triggered a, a bonjour message at that point instead from the owner? So the owners are actually quite happy to go, hey, I'll record five, 10 video messages a day because I know if two of those turn into sales, great, I spent 20 minutes on that and made $20,000. So, so yeah. we, we look at the ROI at every stage of the journey and we go, right, where would, where can we, you know, the whole 80-20 rule, we're a big fan of 80-20. So where can we get 80% of results from 20% of the actions? And, and that's where you apply the automation. So automate the stuff that can be automated and then personalize the stuff with the 20% human experience that can be humanized. So I'm, I'm listening to this and I'm thinking about how most people handle even the basic, basic things like somebody's just downloaded your opt-in off your website. Mm. And you sent, and let's be honest people, let's be honest listener, you might be getting one opt-in every other day. And how are you responding to this? With an email automation, maybe? You just imagine how people would respond differently if you actually took that opt-in at face value and actually valued it and thought, well, what's the potential lifetime value of this person? It's really high, potentially. And we don't respond to that with anything like the degree of respect that we would if somebody walked into our shop. Mm. So... When I, when I listen to you talking about it at scale, it makes me embarrassed about how I deal with it when it's not at scale. Because that's where it starts, right? And yeah. then, like I say, you just, you just move move those processes along as, as you scale further up. So we we have a different approach. So I've, I've just been setting up a new system because, you, you know, the old cobbler shoes, right? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the I time you, you, you end up doing that that thing last. So the last couple of weeks was like, right, we'll get, we're going to get our systems really dialed in and uh, get all these drip sequences going on as well. And when I say drip sequences, it's not like, hey, like I'm just going to teach you, I'm going to talk at you. No, it's like, how do we build conversation over that time period? So if someone opts in then for, for one of our free things on our site, first thing that happens, they get a text message. And that text message is from our customer success team, right? And at that point, they uh, say, I, d- I just, just wondered, you know, what business are you in? or it could be what business you're in, or it could be, did you get access to it okay? Because then people feel obliged to say, oh yes, I did. And then what all you're looking for on that first thing after the opt-in is to get a response. So I have, I think, a combination of SMS, voicemail, and emails is about seven, seven touch points in that sequence. Not a single one is selling anything. All they're looking for is if I don't get a response, how can I create a different angle to get a response? Like, what business are you in? What, um, what, what are you kind of? What's your, what's your challenges? You know, um, tell me about this because I've got a ton of free resources that could help you, right? So all the time we're reaching out, it's just like, hey, how can I help? How can I help? And we just frame it in different ways over SMS, voicemail, and an email. Uh, and it can be really, really effective. I mean, what one of the things, if you want to be a bit off the wall, 
one of the things I used to do with an abandoned cart. I sold this viral bot giveaway system. So we did $121,000 with $150 in ads. And uh, I took that bot and messenger system that we did. And, and I was like, I'll package it up. And I sold it for $47, which was kind of crazy. Uh, so I was driving people to this page. And if they abandoned the cart, they got a voicemail message 15 minutes later from me. Uh, so it's a ringless voicemail and it was like, hey, it's Paul from Amplify. Listen, one or two things has probably happened. Number one, it was actually a robber that started uh, is, is stolen your laptop and then they started filling in the details. So if so, <laughs> like, hello, hello to you. And number two, you may, maybe you decided you researched me more and you actually hate me. Or number three, you're just not sure if you trust us yet. So here's what, don't, don't do this. Whatever you do, don't go and Google Amplify Seacom right now <laughs> because, be, because I, I'm really scared about what you might find. Anyway, have a great day. If you've got any questions, just email paul at and, and uh, we'll uh, help you out. Have a great day. Bye. Right. Yeah, that'll get people's attention. I, exactly. What, one, uh, one person like it was in my network like, and I'd sent in the private link to it and he bought it um, just after he got that message. He went, I got that voicemail from you. I had to go and buy it. <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious. As you might know, this show is supported by our sponsor, Agora Pulse. Now, you know how hard it is to juggle all the things in your business. The accounts, the meetings, the never-ending inbox. And that's why I teamed up with Agora Pulse to give you more than five hours back a week when it comes to managing your social media marketing. No complicated Excel docs, long emails, or millions of open tabs. Simply manage all your social media channels in one place. Go to amplifyme.agency forward slash Agora Pulse to score two months for free on me. Now, all you have to do is figure out how you want to spend those spare five hours. Something that's sort of popping in my head here is in order to be able to execute on this, you're going to need a few basic tools and the first challenge that i see is having the x-ray goggles that let you see in the side of the funnel as to where people are and then the triggers to alert you to respond so what sort of foundational tools would you recommend for for, for monitoring that for the average for, for if you're just starting out and, and yeah. getting going yeah so um I'll tell you a little bit about the kind of stuff that, that we use and then like mm. here's a simplified version of it as well if you're just getting started. So t typically we're, we're measuring, you know, the, the customer journey and all the analytics uh, and seeing exactly where that highest RR is. So we use Funnelytics uh, to map the customer journey out. Uh, we use Segmetrics as well for tracking all the data. And uh, we then also use good old-fashioned Google Sheet as well to plot all that stuff every week and then we highlight things in red or green depending whether they've gone up or down so we can see where the trends are and see what needs to move the needle next now yeah. if you're mapping the customer journey and you're just getting started use something called draw.io it's it's made by google uh, i think you can get to the same place by diagram.net i think they've got both those domains um, but yeah google owns that it's free it's like lucid chart which is basically like a flow diagram builder. So you just draw a load of boxes, right? Okay, what happens at this stage, this stage, this stage? Funnelytics is a pretty version of that that's got more integrations. Mm. Uh, so that that is what I'd do out of the gate to get started is definitely 
map out that customer journey on draw.io and then after that then you know if you want to get started in a, a cheap cost effective way use something like you know we've got our own platforms and stuff that we use but use something like ManyChat because you can get started for ten dollars a month and i think at the moment i'm not sure if this is still the case because i haven't used the sms platform much but they were including a ton of free sms messages that you could send out so yeah. you could use that for email sms and uh messenger to set, to send stuff out to people uh, and you've got it all in one drag and drop builder which has not got that much of a learning curve yeah i'd used many chats for sort of facebook messenger chatbots i hadn't considered it for other elements um yeah they they added that in i mean they they saw what was going to happen with compliance as well right when it came to messenger i mean anyone who's in europe you can't just want some messages uh like after the 24 hour window it, it's getting harder to bring people back in you know we've we've found a few different ways to just utilize messenger as a side piece a little mm. bit more now so for example recently uh we we linked up with some software we've got about creating personalized images so we we said hey anyone who's been through this challenge before we are going to uh, give you a free pass to the next challenge for free yeah. now when they went into messenger it started off with a personalized image where they with their name in it and they said are you ready to claim your free pass they said yes and at that point uh, we used some uh, crazy automation stuff to be able to create a ticket that says your entry to the next challenge their name and then we actually even created the ticket number unique to them with a unique id <laughs> so, sounds like a lot of work it, do, do you know what it took me 15 minutes <laughs> because because once you know what the tools are and how to do it then yeah, it all starts to come together but we did that and then here's the great part about it now i knew that 24-hour window is the magic window so what mm. do we do next well firstly we said by the way would you like to upgrade to the plus experience um and then they're like either what is plus <laughs> so then you can answer that in there rather than just going straight to a, a upsell page you can answer all their FAQs. So then if they go ahead and buy it, great. If they don't, they don't, that's fine. Then what we did is wait 15 minutes and said, by the way, we sent another message said, by the way, we're giving away some amazing prizes for anyone who shares. So we created a virality piece. It said, go and, go and tag or go, go and share this with three people. Send us a screenshot that you've done it and we'll check in with you in two minutes. I, and we checked in with them two minutes later with automations and said great did you finish tagging those people and they said yes so then they said yes great upload your screenshot great congratulations we've just 10 extra entries into the giveaway see now when when i listen to all of this i i think about how most people run i'm going to say their facebook ad campaigns yeah and i look at the kind of claims of increased return on ad spend that you describe on your website yeah and i look at that and i think that's crazy <laughs> i can actually understand why it happens it's because of the the nuance and the detail and the experience and the the finesse of the touch points mm. i can totally see why it would just work better why the ad spend would just achieve more and it also tells me why you're able to charge the way you do because one of the things that stuck out like a beacon on your website was 
you get paid on return you get paid when they get paid i'm curious to know what triggered that because not many people would do it that way not many people do do it that way so tell me the story the sort of you get paid I get paid when you get paid. <laughs> what was the, what's behind that approach and how's it working? Yeah, well, so firstly, you need balls yeah. <laughs> to, to, to do that and you need to get results for people. So, yeah, I mean, typ- typically how we work is, depending on what the project is, right, if it's very hands-off and we know we've already got a system or, or we've got a strategic partner that we can work with as well sometimes, that then we'll, we'll just work on that, that win-win straight out the gate. Sometimes we have hard costs. And we'll say, listen, th- this is a cost for the hard costs, um, and, and that that just covers that. And then after that, we don't charge any retainers. We just mm-hmm. work on gross profit. Uh, it might be work on gross profit. It might work on revenue. T- to be honest, most of the time, because it's funny, I I'll say to a client, and we call it client interviews, right? Because because it is very much the way we work. Is if we don't think it can be a win, then there's no point taking on that client. You, you see a lot. Of, a lot of agencies you know and i 100 percent won't name names there's some amazing agencies out there but you see some agencies will just go oh i got a client do you know if you can get a result don't know but i'll get my retainer so you know yeah. i'm 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 happy i'm like wait a minute if we take this person on and they're not a good fit then it ain't gonna work out it, it, it ain't gonna work out for either of us because they're not gonna be winning we're not gonna be winning so we we very much like that them from their perspective we go Right, tell me where, let, let's find out where the holes are in your sales process already. And I've already got a very good idea of whether, whether we can make an impact there. And one of the questions that I, I always ask people, especially lately, is what's your LTV? And nine times out of 10, even seven figure businesses go, oh, I don't really know. Yeah. And they, they go, we're making that's money, but value, I don't know. Lifetime yeah. value for the listener. Ex- exactly. So that's that's your lifetime, lifetime customer value. And go, so what's your lifetime customer value do you know it on a funnel by funnel basis and they're like uh well we make a lot of money and i've got <laughs> i've got profit coming out the other end it's like they're like oh we're on like a 6x return or you're like well great but then what's going to happen three four years down the line i mean we're even seeing it right now right with with facebook ads and everything like the compliance is getting crazy so mm what's going to happen three four years down the line when some of these big players really do start spending a lot of money and it's a supply and demand thing there's no real estate left on facebook right it's, it's all filled up with ads and like they're even they're even advertised starting to advertise in groups now something that i'm curious to know if this is what you find when people answer that question what's your lifetime value with a blank stare mm. i would get quite excited Oh yeah, <laughs> because a lot of the time, all the low-hanging fruit is actually selling things to the people who've already bought, rather than new people. And if they haven't been systematic about um, extending value to their existing customers in other ways, there's a huge opportunity there, um, and largely one that's ripe for the systematic approach you take. Yeah, and the exciting thing about it as well, Bob, is it's not just the selling of to the existing customers. Sometimes they're already doing it, but they don't know that they're doing it, mm. right? So what what everyone, what I say everyone, what a lot of businesses are looking at is, okay, I put this much in ads today. How much did I get out? Now, when you're at seven figures plus, that what happens is you go into broader and broader and broader audience. So you might start off your first 10 people that you're going to get as customers, quite easy to find absolutely perfect customer. It's like, where's Wally? 
<laughs> right? But over, or if in America, where's Waldo? But over time, then that that becomes harder and harder because you've started to saturate that audience and, and you've used up those people. So your your cost to acquire a customer goes up and up and up. So then it's not a case of how much does it cost to acquire a customer. It's a how much is that customer worth after 90 days? So hmm. we, we've just started looking at this new report called a sales velocity report. So without getting too technical, I can, I can look at <clears throat> basically each funnel and go, right, when someone comes in that funnel, within 90 days, they're worth this much. Or within 120 days, they're worth this much. Or a lead in going into that funnel after 90 days is worth this much. So then we can go, hey, by the way, you can let Fritz challenges, for example, right? There's a lot of what people consider front loading. So you mm. might go and spend, like one of our last challenges, we just spent $200,000 on ads. And I can say that because the person who I did it for, they <laughs> worked with, they, they said it on my podcast as well. So right. it's out in the open. Uh, so they spent $200,000 on ads and we, we made over a million. However, right. We, we lost about $100,000 in the first 10 days. We had to go $100,000 in the hole to make a million. Yeah. But if, if they weren't 100% confident in the numbers, and they say to me, like we had this conversation the other day with, with the next challenge and said, he said, Paul, how much can I spend to acquire a customer? And and that that having that responsibility in in a team to say, this is uh this is exactly what you can spend i need to know every single number inside out because when you get to that level of scale if you don't know it then you're going to be in a right right mess and that's when we go okay now now we know that number how can we increase that lifetime value by adding in conversational commerce yeah i'd like to turn things a little bit towards your own business now we've spoken a lot about what you do for your customers i'm curious to know about your own sort of going to market strategy the reason being it'd be very tempting to think well you're all about the conversational commerce therefore that must be your route to market mm. strategy however i'm always surprised by people's strategies because it's never what people think it is so i guess the question i'll ask you is one i've often asked many people is opportunity can come to us as a result of our content marketing it can come as an as the result of campaigns, ad campaigns specifically, or it can come through relationships and referrals. What does that mix look like for you? Yeah, so it's it's mainly relationships and referrals, and the, and the re mm. the reason for that as well is the kind of businesses that we're working with, right? If I, I and and I've I've done this, I've tried it, I've tried the whole ascension of bringing people people up through the the levels and i i could quite quite easily go okay cool i'll, I'll do the ascension plan right maybe a 37 dollar product and we've done things like that uh and then sell them into a 5k program or a 10k program but that's not our model so the people i'm working with they're not selling the same thing that i'm selling they're selling their course or program and I'm, I'm not selling a course or program i'm i'm essentially partnering yeah. I'm finding partners. So people who go through and buy a $37 product and then a $200 product and then a $5,000 product, very often they're not businesses that are already at seven figures. No. 
So very rarely. Yeah. So so what what I I focus on, and, and we we really dived into this a lot more is customer wow. So two things: case studies and customer wow. Like this is why when I'm on this podcast with you, right? I'll share these numbers. I'll share exactly what we did, because some people will be listening to this and be like, "Oh my god, I can't believe he told us exactly what he did." However, other people that are seven figures plus will go, "Oh, I want someone to do that for me." Yeah, well, get me his number. That's... Yeah, ex- exactly. Because people like what what you realize is get enough people, help enough people get what they want, and you'll get what you want. So, like on social media. I'll be like, here's a breakdown of how we did 385% ROI. Or like, here's how we took this challenge from, uh, t- turned a challenge from live to evergreen and went from zero to $120,000 in eight weeks. Uh, and then yeah. I'll break down the steps. You know, I won't go into exact detail of every single picture and everything and everything that we used, but I'll go, here was the main steps that we went through. And then, uh, then I'll, I'll put some silly call to action, just like, you know, uh, if you want some help doing this in your business, put on your wetsuit and slippery slide into my DMs, <laughs> uh, and, and stuff like that. The other side of it is a customer wow. So we actually have a customer wow section on our daily huddles. So anyone who's getting started, you uh, you may not be familiar with what daily huddles are. Some people call them Scrum. Some people call them other stuff. But basically, we have a 15-minute huddle each morning with a team where we go wins. So what is the biggest win from yesterday? 10-second win for everyone on the team. Critical number, roadblocks, and then weekly commitments. So what do we commit to mm-hmm. achieve? On a Friday, we add into that, what is one customer wow idea that we can do in the next seven days? And I, I have a timer uh, and because this is audio only, you won't see it. But like, I've got a, I've got this little silver timer I set for one minute, and, and I, I create this like very energetic state for everyone because I go right one minute go, and, and they've got one minute to essentially pitch pitch me their idea on what customer wow idea they think we should implement in the next seven days and why. So what happens is you create this momentum of customer wow, and that's could be customer wow for our clients it could be customer wow for our clients clients because that actually adds customer wow to our clients if we go hey we've got this great customer wow idea for your customers and they're like oh wow that's brilliant yeah let, how do we implement it it's all right we'll handle it they're like oh fantastic so we we do that every week uh, and then i'm like focusing on our onboarding and the communication throughout that whole process so for example we just launched our own podcast like four or five weeks ago and I was like, how do I make the best customer journey? So we created a five-day drip sequence of what to expect when you come on the podcast. And each one of those messages is conversational and leads them more towards knowing what to expect when they get on the podcast. Now, mm. then I set up some crazy automations uh, where I was like, right, what are the things that I'm asking at the start of every podcast? And what do I need to ask at the end of each podcast? And then what are the questions that I want to ask every time? And then we had to take theirs in. So they go through their onboarding and then they're getting all these real conversational reminder sequences. So for example, let's say it's five minutes, it's two minutes before the podcast is about to do to start. They get a text message from me. It's like, uh, it'll be like, hey, hey, Bob, just jumping in the Zoom room. See you in there. Here's a link. Mm. Rather than, hey, Bob, here's a reminder that in two minutes, your Zoom link room is opening. He's saying that because that's what he got from me. So 
no, no, no offense, Rob. Hey, there's always, always, uh, always room for growth. So, yeah, my my point is with that is I want to create that customer journey for anyone who comes on the show. That, that and then what we do at the end of the show every time the first question I ask is how can we improve the podcast? Yeah, and then they sell you, and then you improve it. And then what happens? And then we added in this section that said, who would you nominate to be on the show next? And they have no hesitation in nominating someone because they're telling me afterwards, this is the best podcast I've been on ever. <laughs> no, that's mine. Uh, well, okay. May, maybe jo- <laughs> joint first, Bob. Joint, well, joint, joint first. So, Paul, there will be people listening to this who are thinking, Bob, give me his number. And there will be others who are right at the beginning of their journey thinking, I just want to take one action. Mm-hmm. So what would be one action that you can pretty much guarantee everyone should take if they're at the beginning of their journey? Yeah, so real quick win to use is now most people should have at least some kind of abandoned cart set up for whatever the thing is, whether they're going to a webinar, whether they're downloading, I don't know, uh, whether they're buying a low ticket product. So in your first abandoned cart email, Remember, every single customer is a human beating heart. So that means respond to them like they are a human beating heart, not just another lead. So put in that message, hey, I just wanted to check, hey, it's Paul from Amplify Seacom, or hey, it's name from business. Just wanted to check in to see if something went wrong or something broke. Let me know and I'll get it fixed ASAP. Now, yeah. you'll get a higher response rate on that than probably any other email that you send out. And then you, what you can do is then refine your message based on the feedback from that and create a feedback loop. My wheels are turning in my head. I can see so many places to use this yep. already. I have got a big to-do list I've been writing <laughs> as we've been talking. Hopefully, people listening will reach out one way or another. But if people do want to take things further with you, how would you like them to do that? Yeah, so the best thing to do is go to amplifycom.com. So there's no hyphens or anything in that. So that's www.amplifycom.com. And there's uh, we'll just put a new resources section on there. You can listen to the Amplified 7 Figures podcast. And uh, you can also go ahead and book a call and see some of the other case studies and success stories uh, that we've got on there as well. And I will put links to those in the show notes. Paul, what's one thing you do now that you wish you'd started five years ago? Conversational commerce. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah, it's pretty simple. A lot of the time I hear things like, oh, I wish I'd started building my email list five years ago. This is taking things a step further into, yeah, as I said at the beginning, good old fashioned service relationships and British shopkeeping. So, <laughs> I like that. Paul Ace, you have been an ace guest. Thank you so much for your time. And yeah, hopefully I get to meet you in person sometime soon. But for now, thank you very much for your time. Thanks very much, Bob. It's been amazing. I'll have to have a drink soon. Yes. Before I go, just a quick reminder to subscribe and join our Facebook group. You'll find a link in the show notes or visit amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders. Also connect with me wherever you hang out. You'll find me on all the social platforms at Bob Gentle. If you enjoyed the show, then I would love a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It would make my day. And if you shared the show with a friend, you would literally make my golden list. My name's Bob Gentle. Thanks to you for listening, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.